This is Daizen X, the podcast, episode 281 for the week of December 11th, 2011. Hey, hey, folks, welcome to Daizen X, the podcast, an extension this week of two, 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 count them two, all encompassing Dragon Ball fan sites out here yonder in the New Jersey. We have Daizen X. And then out here, we have Contentai. We, the two of us, cover anything and everything Dragon Ball. That's the name of one of them Japanimation series. In hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining, Mr. Heath going by the at Hujio. How are you, sir? I am very good. It's been in a quite a, a long day i just got back from grocery shopping believe I, it or not. I know what that's like coming back so, grocery shopping late at night and as i'm grocery shopping i'm watching the the time and i'm like ah oh, damn it i'm gonna have to text mike and push this back it's all right and of course you are so gracious and apparently i do this quite often you were not surprised at all i schedule 8 30 i know nine o'clock i prepare myself hey that's good well good to have you uh here long for the ride this episode sir well, thanks for having me. I, I hear it's just the Dos Amigos again. It is the Dos Amigos doing the far more than Dos questions. It's a chill episode. I like that, though. I do, too. I mean, I'm sad that Mary can't be here, but... Yeah, that's all right. I, I think we can stick it. I think we can stick it alone, the two of us. So we got Heath over there. Leaves me. My name is Mike Vegito EX, the ringleader of this here podcastular circus of uh awesome sauceness that's that's a sure good way to that's describe a word it. now it's a whole new word i'm gonna put it on wikipedia so it's <laughs> official first spoken aloud in daizen shui x the podcast episode, two episode 281 you and i sir we are heading toward the end of the year here we have a lot of good stuff to wrap up the year with but it's also been <laughs> crazy times i had food poisoning this week i had a press event this week at work i have had no time to do podcasts work so you and i we're gonna do one of those catching up on email episodes that we occasionally do but it's far 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 more than just emails the way the internet works these days we've got twitter we've got facebook we've got questions from all over the place it's gonna be chill calm collected lots of enjoyment i am drinking the last guinness in the house that uh jeff left here so uh it's that kind of episode for me that's a sad face for me to you it is last one that someone left and the last one in the fridge period those are two very very sad things (laughs) that is i have nothing but pity for you thank you appreciate that so we got lots of questions lots of fun discussions to have but i do have some news and i suppose we can do the releases as well december has a few things uh we've got website stuff to talk about but i think some of that may actually tie into some of the questions and i think we'll wrap up the episode talking about what content there is you guys just posted the daizenshu 7 translation update got review stuff in the work that we can talk about and kick around so unless you want to make any final notes and by final i mean it's beginning of the show so not really final before news anything anything um well i'm not gonna go too off topic so i'm gonna go with nothing all right let's do news all right so first up we have some funimation release dates Finally, I know everyone's been waiting for this, specifically Dragon Ball Z Kai Part 7. It is coming out officially on March 20th, although the date may move, we don't know for sure, but expect it March 20th. I can't remember what it's retailing for. Uh, I'm looking at the Blu-rays retail for $34.98. Amazon's usually got them around 20 bucks. The DVD MSRP is uh, $29.98. They're at about 18 bucks for Part 6 there, so. Sweet. Yeah, and uh, these release dates were 
posted on the Mania forums. I suppose we should mention mention that. I still call it anime on DVD. I think I know, everyone else do does too. too. I have to kind of catch myself before I say things. I think it was coming from Navarre's uh, release schedule calendar. Yeah, that they sent out to a lot of retailers. They got a hold of it and posted it. Up. Although I just saw that Navarre's finally exiting. I stopped paying attention to Navarre, their uh, conference calls and their reports once uh, they got rid of Funimation. They're exiting the distribution business, though, finally. And you were you were a sad, sad man that day, weren't you? Uh, Yes. <laughs> yes. I knew it. If there's anyone that loves conference calls, it's you. I'm only being slightly facetious in my answers here. I do enjoy listening in on investor conference calls. It's very, very strange. Does it make you feel like an adult? <laughs> it does a little bit. It's my way of tricking myself. You're an adult, right? You're listening to investors bitch at each I other. So. And uh, so anyway, on top of Kai Part 7, they also announced a release date of March 27th for Dragon Ball Z level 2.1 and 2.2, which will, again... It's the Blu-ray remastering of Dragon Ball Z. Um, We also, just before this podcast, I did not know about this until Team Four Star posted on Twitter, but you can now pick up the entire Dragon Ball season sets for $54.99 from Right Stuff. Uh, I believe it's supposed to last for 12 days. Is there 12 days of sales sort of thing? Is it that that's today's deal or is it lasting from what I read? They post a deal a day, but it lasts for all 12 days. Gotcha. gotcha. So So they're actually kind of matching what Amazon recently had for those sets. It was down about 11, 12 bucks. Those are great prices. I mean, those sets have what problems isn't the right word to use. It has whatever aspects it has. It's English only Mm -hmm. title cards. The picture on those are pretty heavily zoomed in, but it's still a proper four by three framing. Um, Blurred ever so slightly. I mean, they are the masters that they have. I was thinking of it as you're basically paying $55 for the subtitles if you want them at that point and it's don't get me wrong it's a very very solid presentation of the series and at that price if you don't already own it really shouldn't think twice about it at that point right i'm almost thinking of picking these up just so i can have all of the subtitles yeah just the easy popping in the dvd player Uh, you can actually buy them they have them listed as a bundle so you can get all five, oh. or you can buy each individual set for eleven ninety nine if you so desire. I like that they're putting them all together. Yeah, the bundle actually went up today. The release date says December 9th, 2011. So, cool, cool. Good on them. Yeah. Only thing I want to note in there, uh, people have mentioned it yourself, waiting so long for part seven of what they're calling the Z-Kai here. The last... Part, part six came out last September. That's six months in between those releases there. People were not expecting a full half year between the home release. And we don't know entirely, is that music related? Is it just... Hey, you know, and now we're doing this level stuff, so we're just gonna kind of yeah. There's pull it back. so many things between the music, between the levels, and finishing up the dragon boxes. Also, don't forget about the TV broadcast. We have no idea who they want to let air what first, maybe before a home release, maybe after a home release. So much stuff going into it. It's just good to see that yeah, they're gonna finish it. It's coming. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, we could kind of throw in there that since you mentioned it, Zekai did finish airing, I believe or is going to finish airing up through the new year with the final episode airing New Year's Eve, I believe it is. Oh, did they announce that? Yeah, I haven't been following along with it. I did see that they have been announcing, yeah, the new episodes are coming. So if anybody really wants to watch it, 
on TV. It should be on Nicktoons sometime the week between Christmas and New Year's, I believe. Interesting. They're just kind of going to marathon it all. Cool, cool. All right. The only other bit of news. Heath, did you look at this story? I did not until I was looking over the outline, and this is just freaking hilarious. I almost don't even know how to describe it because it's written in basically the Korean equivalent of English. It's it's just not that well written. So you really have to sit and parse as much as you can. So much effort goes into trying to analyze this article. From what I can gather, there's a guy named Kim Nando. He's a professor from Seoul National University. He was previously looked to, I guess, for voter and consumer trends. I don't know if he writes, a, if it's a book or a report every year. It's a thing that he does that the country looks to for advice and upcoming trends. It's called Trend Korea. His 2012 report apparently has a somewhat political slant to it. He uses the 10 letters that make up Dragon Ball, D-R-A-G-O-N-B-A-L-L, to kind of define what he thinks and projects that a successful candidate, political candidate, and also just consumers and folks in general, would epitomize and possess as traits for the next calendar year. Let's go down a couple of these because... That doesn't make any sense. But then you hear some of the examples. But doesn't it? So you start with the D for dragon. It stands for deliver true heart. Consumers and voters will search for products and candidates that carry the human heart. Heartless products are faulty. A heartless leader cannot read the true sentiment and plight of the people. This is just too good to beat. I want to jump down to number seven, the B that starts ball. Blank of my life. Consumers should restrain their desire for buying everything in this age of economic downturn. Producers should not be greedy in overpricing their products. An unselfish and self-restraining candidate will be the winner of the presidential election. Sacrifice and charity are key traits for leaders. I don't know. I, I like the first L in ball the first l you want to do this <laughs> let's, let's plan, plan b, b. <laughs> consumers and voters will choose the alternative or the second best brand or candidate so are we picking the best or are we picking the second best whoever you pick is going to be the second best because you're going with plan b wow <laughs> let's plan b that's so japanese uh we can say that dragon ball is apparently influential enough that <laughs> It now has merged with politics. I, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. This story ranks up there with some of those like teenager robs Walmart for orange brick stories that we had a few years back. This is gold material. Gold, Jerry, I'm telling you gold absolutely love it and that's where we're gonna wrap up our news there was nothing else going on this last week uh right that was it we all good I think all the good news came out last week how do you follow that up anyway so what we're gonna do is we're gonna turn it over to your emails your questions your tweets your facebook posts your whatevers your things all right, Heath, Mitchell's going to start us off here. He says, say you're stranded on an island. You're allowed to bring three Dragon Ball characters with you. Who do you bring and why? Heath, why don't we... We haven't thought about this. No, I purposely did not look at most of these questions. Okay, I mean, I pasted it in here, but I haven't really thought about it. Let's trade back and forth, I suppose. We'll choose three characters. I'm going to put you on the spot. Who's the first character you would bring and why? Okay, I think this is almost too obvious, but I have to say it. I'm going to go with Goku. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I'm going with adult Goku after he defeats Frieza. Okay, 
why I'm going with this all right first why goku and then i guess we'll ask why that okay why goku because i think he would bring some good entertainment value (laughs) sure just in general Uh uh-huh and at the same time he can instantly transport me off of the island whenever i so desire (laughs) that's the uh the why part or the what point goku Mm mm-hmm Ah, uh, good answer. Good answer. I appreciate that. My first one would be Goku as well. Uh, the reason I would choose him would be for protection because I figure that he's probably not going to lose. I mean, you got see what ninety five percent chance that he'll take out whoever he needs to. And uh, if yeah, he, I would say so. If he needs to, he'll lead them away from me so I don't get hurt in the process. So I'm all about that. I was not thinking Shunkanito though. I mean, that's kind of the asking the genie for more wishes answer there. So I don't know, I know if that really works. It's the first thing that popped into my head. All what right. else do you expect? So we're in line here. The first person we bring is Goku. All right. Who is a second person you would bring? Okay. Second person I would bring would probably have to be Bulma. All right. And I'm going to use technology as my reason why. Because I imagine on her person, she would have just a ton of capsules. Just gadgety and- shit with her. Yeah, because I gots to have my technology all the time. Got to be checking Twitter when you're on the island. Right. Uh, my second choice would be Kame Senin himself. You went with Goku for entertainment value. Ah. I am bringing Kame Senin for entertainment value. Well, now I have to come up with a number three. <laughs> Specifically, I think back to movie eight, dancing around like a drunk asshole. I am all about that, bringing him along. All right, who's your number three? Oh, gosh. This one's really going to put me on the spot. Uh-huh. Let's see. I'm going to go with, with Kaya Osama. Oh, all right. For further entertainment value. Okay. And maybe he can train me at the same well, time. Wait, hold up. A- entertainment value? No one really laughs or likes his jokes? Are you saying Seriously, you're Mike? in line with his sense of humor? You're. That's very offensive. <laughs> I take offense to that. All right. You take offense on his behalf? Yeah. And, well, sure. Why not? Okay. But he has to bring Bubbles and Gregory with him. Ah, uh, see? That's a deal breaker. Now you just ask the genie for even more wishes. I don't know about this. Okay. Real answer, Shenlong. Okay. There's your genie in the bottle, bitch. God damn it. Stop it. I'm going to answer the question appropriately. My third choice would be peel off because I need some good shenanigans going on at the same time in the background. Actually, that would just be hilarious. Mm-hmm. All the time, you and Goku could kind of be fighting him off while Kame Senen's in the, the background. That's the thing. I figure I dancing. could personally take on pilaf it's not like he's strong or anything so goku can sit back and laugh and make me feel like i'm accomplishing something and then i can go have a beer with kamisenin there you go great i almost want to jump onto your list (laughs) see i'm the correct one here all right the next question we have is from liam who sent this in via email again technology mike do you think that there's any point in the manga you would have rather it ended as opposed to the original ending after the Boo arc? Personally, I would have to say the end of the Cell arc. It just seems to have more of a completeness feel about it. Goku has passed on. The alternate timeline is A-OK. Gohan is supposedly taking up Goku's mantle. And perhaps more importantly, Gohan isn't his mother's academic bitch. Good question. So Mike, yeah, what do you think? 
I'm slightly on board with ending it there for all the reasons Liam said, but uh, if you go back to us going through the manga review of Awesomeness and onward into the Boo arc, even just in the Cell arc, we weren't entirely buying Goku passing it down to Gohan and Gohan accepting that responsibility, being worthy of that responsibility, really knowing what to do with it. So as is, if it ended that way, maybe if Toriyama could have tried tweaked it a little bit to make Gohan a little more interesting of a character. And I love yeah. Super Saiyan 2 Gohan. I absolutely adore him there. But I have come around over the years that I don't entirely buy him as this new hero. But maybe for another point in the series, there's a lot of places you could choose. I, I think ending after the 23rd Budokai would be a fun place to end it. You would feel like you wanted more, but I might be okay with it at that point. I think Toriyama would have covered so many great things hinting at space and aliens a little bit but not quite going overboard with it might have been an interesting we wouldn't have place. the whole science race well exactly but i might be okay with that it may have been if he knew he was going to end it there and planned to end it at that point and wrapped it up more. I mean, because he knew at that point he was going to continue. There was no doubt in his mind. We've covered this with the intended right. endings. Uh, if he was going to end it after the 23rd Padokai, could have been an interesting spot to try. So maybe those are my sort of two answers. What about you? I've always really been torn on this because it's kind of one of those things that once you've gone through it all. Yeah. How can you, you answer? just want it all. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So Yeah, I, I don't want to say I don't want three quarters of the series. Right, right. I get what you're saying. I'm just saying from, you know, it is really weird to go back and be like, I think we, I would have been fine if this wouldn't have been here because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I like it all, technically speaking. Well, I mean, let's talk about some other series as well real quick before you answer that. I've dived into quite a few other shonen and especially some of the ones running today. I read yes. maybe 33, 34 volumes of Bleach. I didn't really finish, like, I, I don't know what goes on with Aizen after Ichigo is training with, like, those half-monster, I don't even remember what all those things are called. But I do uh, know at a Isers? certain point, folks were like, yeah, we could have just ended it here and I'd be satisfied. Yeah. There are a lot of shonen series that are like that. I mean, a lot of them overstay their welcome. Something, it's not the manga, but the original TV adaptation of Kenshin, basically worthless oh after God. Kyoto. I mean, everyone knows it. Everyone just accepts that as fact and more or less universally agrees with it. So that's a, uh, yeah, we could have just ended it there. So with that in mind, some other shonen perspective, but this is Dragon Ball where we do love everything about it. We are being forced. <laughs> Liam is asking you, Heath. Because I have to. Where would you cut it off? I think for me, my first choice would have to be Frieza. And I really hate giving the answer. That's a classic how much choice. I, I fight against everyone saying, oh, this is where he intended it to end because I don't buy that at all. And I, I don't like the people that just randomly throw that out. Right. Again, no basis. We've covered it before. Right. But personally... I think it would have just been cool if the legendary Super Saiyan shows up, defeats what we know at the time is the most powerful villain ever. Right. And hand down, just beats him. Mm hmm But then has to sacrifice himself in the process, which right. he's done before. Right. But he saves everyone. The universe is now safe, whatnot, except for, you know, Vegeta. But that's a loose end. <laughs> right. Exactly. But I think... 
it would have worked well. It's something I could have lived with, I think, is a better way to put it. And again, I think had that been an intended ending, were Toriyama shooting for that as the ending, knowing that to be an ending probably would have been written differently. Yes. Like, I think Vegeta probably wouldn't have come back to life or been transported. They could have done something different with the wishes. Yeah, yeah. Things like that. My other is, I have to agree with you, 23rd Budokai. Mm. Definitely. I mean, that's still probably hands down my favorite arc just to reread or watch oh, over and over. It's great to read and watch. Done beautifully in both places. So I think at that point, I have to agree with you. It would have actually left me wanting more. But as far as the storyline goes, I would have been okay with it ending right there. Yeah, better to want more than to get too much. Not that we're saying we did get too much with Dragon Ball, but than to get too much and be like, oh, I'm just burned out on it at this point. Well, hell, people still want more to this day. Yeah, (laughs) fair enough, fair enough. All right, the next one here, an email comes to us from Frank. Frank says, I've been listening for just over a year and wanted to ask, since Bardock has now gone Super Saiyan in Dragon Ball Heroes and episode of Bardock, which Saiyan character would you like to see? go gold or even reach new levels of going gold pawn napa raditz talus maybe even tarble what are your thoughts heath who do you want to see grow that hair Ooh. well i wouldn't want to see any new levels but that's me personally um i'm on board with but that if i had to pick anyone i would say probably tarble just because you could go so many different places with that it'd be a new storyline if you were to do that we know he's so weak you would have to do this almost out of i don't know out of character isn't what i'm looking for but similar to how the bardock tv special was different more serious from what toriyama had done you would have to take tarble to some very very dark places to get him to that point that would be interesting but i don't know that it would feel dragon ball at that point right i'm still going with that because i think you would just get more of a story yeah probably but i think the coolest would just be <laughs> where Heath, if we go there you know gray is gonna die i think she would have to it's gotta be I the catalyst be sad. but i think the the funniest one to see would definitely be napa or raditz my answer is napa i don't care about raditz yeah lol super saiyan 3 raditz gets longer ha 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 great times i just want to see the golden eyebrows and that's just a reaction shot joke and then it's over oh wait a minute we had that before exactly onio do that in nekomajin all right so i don't have an answer anymore go with tarble god damn all right tarble it is as i'm saying it i'm like wait i can picture this panel Fuck, they did that already. All right. Why don't you just read the next question then? All right. I guess we'll move on. Uh, We have ourselves an email from Chris who says, With the release of the final Dragon Box, I have taken it upon myself to watch all three series in their entirety in Japanese, secretly hoping to make it to GT in time for your GT review of awesomeness. I'm not going to make it as I just got to the fourth Z episode. Yeah, I think he has a little ways to go. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but he had a few questions that popped up. His first question relates to your demon podcast. During the filler wedding arc at the end of Dragon Ball, in the episode about the fire bird egg, Shu and Mai introduce Pilaf as Pilaf Daimao Sama. Are they just trying to make him sound tough, a la Mr. Satan? Or is there more to this than meets the eye? My second question, also relating to the demon episode, 
Is Gyu Mao one of the Mazoku? Muten Roshi seems to know him by this name, implying that it isn't just a title he took on when he started being evil. Maybe I'm putting too much thought into this, which is what we do on this podcast, but it would explain why Piccolo takes a shine to Gohan later on. They both have the blood of the Mazaku in them. My final question really has nothing to do with the previous two. I was wondering what inspired the Dr. Slump crossover chapters? Fan demand? Editorial suggestion, maybe? So the first question there, uh, henchman introducing him as Pilaf Daimao-sama. That is definitely just trying to invoke fear, uh, adding on oh, yeah. extra things to his name. I mean, he's just peel off with some... Mr. Demon King himself. Yeah. Uh, man, what point was this in the series? It's in the wedding stuff. So maybe he yeah. just... So it's like episode 150? Yeah, 150-ish. Maybe he just liked the title from hanging out with Piccolo, what, 30, 40 episodes earlier, and he's just adopting yeah. it at this point. That's all I can really come up with at that point, right? And it's filler. Yeah, yeah. It's, he just likes it. And he likes being introduced as more than he really is. All right, the second question. Is Gyumau the ox demon king, one of the Mazoku? That was a, a great discussion that I had with Jake because it's so vague, especially when you get to the filler stuff, when the, the group of three hoodlum kids are like, hey, now we're Mazoku as well. I, is he part of this demon clan? I'm trying to think back to that conversation that Kami Sanin has. I think it's with Goku or someone talking about about him he's like oh yeah i recognize that name i don't know i can't place it in context i don't think he's part of anything in particular but then you do take it back to uh, where the character comes from he's a journey to the west character yeah. i know i talked about this well i talked about it several weeks ago but you just heard it last week on the anime usa panel uh we did a little bit of journey to the west stuff in there you heard that he, he comes from journey to the west very early on in the tale uh the, the monkey king hangs out with a whole bunch of other animal um demony sorts of being friends and he's one of those folks there so he's not just an animal he is, is above that he's a ruler uh with this great title hanging out with the monkey king so that's where the inspiration comes from and i i think that's really all there is to it especially when you consider at that point in the series the the concept of mazoku did not even exist now you're volumes upon volumes away from it at that point so so i think at that point it's just mere coincidence at best yeah there's no demon clan stuff going on although i do love if you want to read into it you can and i love chris how you're talking about well maybe that's what piccolo saw in gohan that's why he clicked a little more with him as opposed to anyone else that's good stuff and that's the great material for fanfic writing so if anyone's into that you can probably take that and run with it uh the last question here the impetus for the dr slump crossover chapters fan demand editorial suggestion uh um, we don't know. I checked in with folks. I checked in with uh, Jake, your buddy Herms from Konstantai. I checked in with Julian just to see, is there anything? Did someone mention something somewhere in a guidebook that I just don't remember? There really isn't. Jake, of being Jake, he broke down a whole bunch of different stuff, though. So I wanted to run down just a few things that Jake passed along to me. I'm just going to read it here because why the hell not? As far as I know, Toriyama has never talked about the inspiration behind the crossover. Fan service seems as good a guess as any, though. It's easy to forget or gloss over this now, but Dr. Slump was enormously popular in Japan, while Dragon Ball wasn't a hit right out of the gate. So during the early phases of the series, Toriyama would still have been known primarily as the creator of Dr. Slump. One of the Q&A corners in the early Tonkobo and volume 
volumes contains a letter from a fan saying that they really liked Dr. Slump and asking when the next volume would come out. Toriyama had to explain that Dr. Slump was over and that there wouldn't be any more. So it's not difficult to imagine that there was a lot of demand from fans for more Dr. Slump, and indeed, there was eventually a quasi-revival of the series, drawn by Katsuyoshi Nakatsuru and written by Takao Koyama, two names that you are probably familiar with if you listen to this here show, as well as the remake anime series that followed GT. It could also, of course, just have been that Toriyama wanted to return to those characters all on his own. It's not like that there necessarily has to have been any inspiration for the crossover beyond Toriyama just thinking it was a good idea. Might also be worth noting, <laughs> and it is worth noting, that during the Red Ribbon Army storyline, Dragon Ball still felt quite similar to Dr. Slump, with talking animals and animal people everywhere, characters breaking the fourth wall, and acknowledging that they're in a manga running in jump, celestial bodies being casually destroyed for laughs, references to real-world countries like the U.S., etc. So in that regard, it probably just made sense at the time for Goku to wind up in Penguin Village somewhere along the line. It wasn't until later story arcs that the series got more serious and developed a, somewhat, more detailed and coherent setup for its universe, much of which ended up contradicting Dr. Slump. While it might seem a bit strange today, at the time mixing the two series together probably seemed like a no-brainer, both from a real world and in-universe perspective. I think he covered it all. And I think that brings up an interesting point as far as the transition of different types of storylines. I know we've discussed it before. Yeah, yeah. But it's something that's always fascinated me. Red Ribbon's a turning point. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting to talk to a lot of fans. And it's so much harder for them to get into the beginning of Dragon Ball than it's Dragon Ball Z. And a lot of people don't even make it to the later arcs of Dragon Ball because by Red Ribbon Army, they've kind of given up. It's such a shame. The material is, it gets better and better and better. And I love the early stuff, but it gets better and better and better. All oh, the goes early along. stuff is just hilarious. I really think you need that basis with all of the early character introductions and relationships and interactions to truly know those characters and see how far they've come. You have to go back. You have to know well, those stories. Kind of like Jake mentioned, I mean, it was a natural progression yeah. to go from Dr. Slump to what he went into. And he's noted in interviews in the Daisenshu that as it became popular, his editor said, look how popular the Budokai is. We need to do more of that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And when he started doing that, that's when a lot of the storyline started to change to be more battle style oriented. And that's so fascinating. I mean, Dr. Slump went into some fighting later on as well, but Dr. Slump wasn't a fighting series, but it was still massively popular and nowhere near what Dragon Ball became. I've always just found it hilarious when, when people refer to Toriyama as the father of modern shonen anime or manga and it's like do you know where he came from okay you maybe for three quarters of one of his series he is but if you read anything else he comes out with no way <laughs> but anyway that's a totally different discussion yeah yeah a lot of good stuff in there i do you think we answered it all i think so all right i mean uh the only point we didn't really cover on was uh muten roshi and how he seems to know him by that name and i think the only point we can bring to that is gyu mao famous and they trained together well yeah so, great point yeah i totally forgot to mention that trained under kind him. of one of those things right 
Uh, so our next question comes from Kira via the emails. Hey there, guys. I love listening to your podcasts every week. I thought of a story you could throw in for a podcast. Were all movies for Dragon Ball Z on Blu-ray officially made? I've come across supposed high-definition Blu-rays on Amazon for Dragon Ball Z movies 7, 9, 12, and 13, but I never actually have seen them in stores anywhere. Are they legit? Yeah, absolutely. Funimation put out what they call the double features. They came in what are traditionally called steelbooks for packaging. There were two movies that came packaged together. You think back, they did the uh, the original single disc releases. I'm looking for dates here. It's wonky because when they did the first three movies with uh, Pioneer back in the end of 97, 98, but then you jump to movie four with Slug. That came out August 2001, and then they went on word through movie 13 in september 2006 releasing them kind of in uh batches along the way there and then a while later they did those uh double features the steel books movies one and two came out in may 2008 they did one and two three and four five and six seven and nine then they did a triple feature of the broly movies 8 10 11 then 12 and 13 that finished up in may 2009 they did those in both the dvd and on blu-ray they did um it's even stranger is actually they did something before that uh, a double feature of movies eight and ten of the Broly movies in November 2007. That was kind of like a test run on Blu-ray that they put out. Then they went back and, and did... And then they came out with like a Broly three-pack and they all sorts of things. And now they're re-releasing all the movies in, in packs again. On DVD only. Right. But yeah, the double features themselves, they did DVD and Blu-ray. Funimation did their own high-definition transfer from their multi-generational film, put them out on Blu-ray. Those are legit. They exist. They're getting a little more difficult to track down. As, uh, you think back, well, the last one came out in 2009 it's been a little bit since then they're moving over to dvds only with the uh, movie packs right now the one through five six through nine i think it is and then 10 through 13 that they're doing these days which you'll hear about in the releases but those are legit products you can see all the cover art and release dates and all that stuff over on the dvd guide on daizen shui x so you can see for yourself those were real and i guess of note is that in a lot of brick and mortar stores anymore Mm -hmm. it is becoming harder and harder to find Mm -hmm. a lot of anime on dvd or blu-ray so that may also be why you haven't seen them in stores yeah yeah uh i know some stores uh, even around here they never carried them so the steelbooks i've never seen them in stores either no i think i saw uh 12 and 13 that was about it that I ever saw in the wild. And especially not now for how long they've been No, out. they've been out for a while. Those earlier ones in particular. All right, the next one here, an email from Sean. Sean says, I was wondering if there existed notable Dragon Ball doujinshi, as in being popular during the runs of both the manga and the anime. I'm interested in hearing about its creators possibly particular circles, and whether any managed to become popular in the United States, such as at our conventions. I am not including the Edo manga, the, uh erotic stuff just straight up non-pornographic material i'm also not including the web comics such as dragon ball multiverse i am particularly interested in printed material here's an example and he gave us a link to uh, a couple different ones here maybe this is just a single one not entirely sure heath how familiar are you with dragon ball doujinshi semi but not very is that a good way to put it? Like, you know it exists, you've heard of it, I maybe know it you've exists, seen I've seen a few, and that's about my extent. I've seen them online for sale. I, I guess a good way to put it would be, I know of them, I know they exist, I've seen them, I've seen them at cons, 
but I do not know anything about ones that were popular during the series run. I know of current ones. The only one that I was ever really familiar with was called Head Chala. Yes, I, I think a lot of people have heard of that because that was always very popular. Oh, it was very popular. A lot of people wanted to to translate it. Yeah, yeah. The art style is just dead on to Toriyama's original. It's not quite Arrow, but it is a little bit Shonen Eye. There's some Goku Piccolo stuff, hints. It's more played up for gags than anything. Doesn't actually cross the line, although there are some extra pictures in the back. Occasionally, they try to go that route a little bit. Uh, Overall, it was pretty hysterical, though. I do recommend checking it out. Again, like Keith, I don't know a whole lot about this stuff, but right now, Star Rot on our forum is posting up tons of i think it's mostly porn i'm not entirely sure yeah i think it is (laughs) so um if you're into that i'm gonna pretend i don't know it's there i guess um but hedgehala is definitely one to check out i do wish mary was here she had picked up a few along the way before we even met actually uh she had a few and she was translating a couple pages when we were taking japanese in college so that was kind of interesting um hedgehala is my best recommendation i do look to you folks the audience if you know any of the other far larger ones that existed back during the original run would uh love for you to pass along some names and maybe some links for for folks to check out. I know I have enough problems just keeping track of all the official releases. I know. <laughs> it's the kind of thing where that drives me nuts as is. I can't deal with the fake stuff too. Although I appreciate it. I certainly appreciate it. Oh yeah. That's what keeps things going sometimes. That's right. All right. We have ourselves another email this time from Alexander. First of all, do you think the Dragon Ball franchise is still popular among younger kids in the U.S., say, under the age of 10? I ask this because recently I've come across several Dragon Ball Z fans while buying merchandise, except none of them were under the age of 20. I live in New Zealand, by the way, where DBZ is only broadcast at about 10 p.m. at night on Cartoon Network, so that may have something to do with it. Secondly, do you ever feel like you're losing interest in the franchise? And if you did... Would you regret buying thousands of dollars worth of merchandise? How do you remain a fan for so long? Finally, I have a question concerning everyone's favorite legendary Super Saiyan. Do you think fans would still hate the character had he not received two more movies and a large fanboy following as well? A lot of stuff in there. I guess we got to break it down one at a time. Is Dragon Ball still popular among younger kids in the U.S.? A couple years ago, we'd probably say it's starting to wane, but then Kai hit Nicktoons. And whole new generation. I can vouch for this because probably no one out there knows this except a handful of people. But my wife is a teacher. Mm -hmm. And at points I have asked her, can you kind of pull your kids and ask them (laughs) if they know who Goku is? Uh And honest to God, usually about one in four, two in four kids always know who he is. They may not know everything about him, but they know who he is. So, yay, it's an official poll, people. You can post that online. That's right. I do think it's starting to cool back off a little bit. Um, When it was just starting on Nicktoons, it sounded like the kids were all abuzz about it. But after a year passed, which would be somewhat recently, um, they're moving on to other things again. Kids are fickle, so. Yes, they are. Uh, We didn't get the huge revival of merchandise or anything like we had. You could walk into malls in 2000 and just be overflowing with fig. I so wish I had the foresight to take photos of that stuff back in the day. Just the stores littered with dragon ball merchandise it's like you're thinking to yourself this will never end 
Right, right. It was just a, a state of being. It would exist like that forever, but of course it didn't. I wish we could have visual evidence of that, but uh, it is definitely still popular among kids. Kai helped a whole lot. Um, I think it's going to cool off again. That's just to be expected, yeah. and it'll come back around again. I would definitely agree that without Kai, it would not be where it is today. Yeah, yeah. We we probably would have seen it peak back when we thought it was going to peak mm-hmm. in what say 2009 2008 i guess kai is good for something right yeah yeah it kept it in public eye for a little bit longer which you know ironically is the exact same reason why they did it in japan yepers and well it sort of worked (laughs) just didn't bring him in any money (laughs) the next part of alexander's question uh ever feel like you lose an interest in the franchise would you regret buying stuff how do you remain a fan heath you and i have talked about this quite a few times here on the show off the record even on the record and off the record. And uh, I think a big part of our answer is always, well, we run sites about it. That's how we stay interested. Honestly, that is a big part of it. I don't want to say we feel more morally obligated, but we do <laughs> actually kind of feel obligated to stay up to date. Yeah, know yeah. what's going on. So that is a big part of it. You're always kind of looking at things. You're always following all the merchandise, following releases, you know, just the general feel of the community. You kind of keep up with all that stuff. And that really helps. What really helps is getting new things, having Mm. new things to talk about. And of course, we are not at all beyond hashing up old things. No. So. That's, I think, what's so great about Dragon Ball. I love so many other series, whether they're anime, whether just American series, anything at all. Video games, music. There's so many things you can be a fan of and enjoy on so many degrees different levels but dragon ball is so huge just the manga itself then over to the tv adaptation all the different guidebooks supplemental information there's always something new to go back to and we're still getting like you said trickles of new things along the way there's always something new that you and i can learn and we've been doing this for so long we're still learning new things and that's exciting i love just the pursuit of knowledge is it means so much to me even if it's just trivial dragon ball shit i love learning new things that brightens my day oh uh I just love those days where I'm doing something and all of a sudden I, I find something and it's like, oh my God, I never realized this. Mm-hmm. That actually is like the coolest feeling in the world when you're at the point where you're like, well, almost everybody pretty much knows everything. And then, you know, it just, it does feel good. Yeah, yeah. And then to share it with other people mm-hmm. feels even better. Yeah. And I think that's why everyone does get involved with the community. If you do is you want to share that passion and that's why we're all here. Other parts of the question here. Do you ever feel like you're losing interest, though? Um, You have a bad day I, every I, once I wouldn't, in a while? I wouldn't say losing interest so much, but you do have the days where you just go, you know, I'm not really interested in that right now. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? And the, there are times, I know I've done it before, uh, like when I got married, I basically took two or three months off. Yeah. And I almost did nothing. But I always come back. You always come back. A lot of people, we've we've talked to numerous people over the years that, you know, I watched on Toonami and then I, I dropped it. And now like 10 years later, I just happened to catch an episode on TV or a friend of mine showed me a DVD and I just had to start watching it again. Oh, and then I found your forum and, and then they get sucked right back in. Mm-hmm. And you see that a lot with, with a lot of franchises. And I, I think it's really particular Dragon Ball that you see that a lot, especially when it was something that someone watched as a, a kid 
say you're 13 and all of a sudden you're in college and you're like, oh my gosh, I remember that show. But then now you you really delve into it a lot more. Yeah. And I think that's always really neat to see. Mm -hmm. And we want to be there for those people. We want to be that support group, if you will, for people to fall in and find it. And then we never let them go. Um, I guess then the next question, he says, do you ever regret buying thousands of dollars worth of merchandise? Well, he says, would you regret if you were losing interest in the series? I say, will you? Because uh, I'm sure I already have. (laughs) At some point, you'll regret it. Yeah, see, I've even thought about that before. I don't know if I'll ever really regret it because even just looking over at my shelves of crap as my wife calls them Uh it's just kind of it brings about that feeling of of good times nostalgia all the good times i've had going through all that stuff using it and you know Things like that, I guess, is a good way to put it. And unless a Kanzenban anally rapes you, you're not going to have any sullied memories of that mer- no. merchandise. So I think you're pretty good to go. I think I'm pretty good to go. I don't think I'll ever really reg- regret it. And I know I've said on numerous occasions, there there are multiple things in my collection that maybe someday I would sell. But there are some things that I will have to be on my deathbed before (laughs) Before they leave my hands yeah i haven't purchased anything then like oh maybe i shouldn't have gotten that one i've come close i've come very close to purchasing um the data card battler was it the game boy thing like oh it's only 80 bucks this week on eBay. i should get that but i never do those kind of things where oh, it'd be nice to have the closest would be something like the Pladia, but it's such an amazing novelty. Anytime someone new comes over, it's like, why do you have at this point? It's why do you have two virtual boys? <laughs> and then it's what is that purple thing? So just to have those lovely conversation pieces, I appreciate them for those reasons. I I totally agree with that. All right, let's move to the last part of Alexander's oh my question. God, there's here. more. Yeah, one, one last thing here, folks. I hope you like a three hour podcast. Uh, what are we up to? My raw recording is a little under an hour. Who cares? It's December. No one's listening anymore, right? They're going on vacation. It's cool. Uh, Alexander's sure. asking about Broly. Do you think fans would still hate the character had he not received two more movies and a large fanboy following as well? You have to break that apart in a couple mm. different ways. Let's separate the fandom for a bit. Would Broly be, if all you did was just watch the movies, you didn't read more or go interact with fans, would Broly still feel overdone had he not gotten three movies? Maybe just two or maybe even just the one. What do you think? I don't. It's such an odd question because... How do you know? I think you can totally separate movie eight from the other two. Yeah. Because most of his fans are fans of him in that movie they could you know they don't care about those other two really mm-hmm. i mean you never hear anybody cite movie 11 as like their all-time favorite movie i loved Broly. it when i saw his heartbeat yeah so i think it's pretty easy to separate those two but at the same time a lot of people don't like it because it is overkill yeah and you could have had an entirely new villain for a movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's part of it there's so many ways to tear that apart and his character just in general for a lot of people is kind of a what it's not that interesting of a character the fandom's an interesting thing because i feel like you almost give it more 
legitimacy by implying that the fandom is part of the problem. For the most part, I only see people saying that the fandom is a problem and I rarely encounter the fandom itself being a problem. Does that make sense? Like, I don't actively run into screaming Broly fanboys. I also don't venture outside my own forum that often. So it's a very self-selective group. And we don't tolerate those things. No, I don't tolerate... You shall be banned if you like Broly. (laughs) That's it. Period. That's a new rule. I don't know. Do you have an answer for that? I, I'm gonna. You took the words out of my mouth. I'm gonna go with that because what Mike I said. too have not run really into any screaming fanboys or fangirls that just absolutely love Broly and that's all they want to talk about. I have somewhat seen it before, but I mean, I'm talking like 12, 15 years ago. Yeah, not yesterday right right all right so the next thing that we have here is actually uh an audio email from jose i listen to you guys every day at work while i'm editing footage not you know with the audio of the footage when it's not important to edit the audio of the footage just the video jose had a lot of stuff to say about credits and uh funimation releases and absolutely loving the gt review of awesome it's been looking forward to it so the first thing jose wanted to know was about the credits for Funimation's movies and TV specials. Uh, I'm aware on the season sets and on the original Funimation singles that the credits on the Japanese side of things are incorrect. They are, uh, I think, movie one for the opening and something like some other episode for the closing. So they are incorrect on every single release up to the Dragon Box, and then they're incorrect again on the Blu-ray because they just simply don't have the master for all the credits. My question is, do the movies and the television special have that problem? I don't, I wouldn't think so for the ending because a lot of those are different. So Heath, the credits on Funimation's releases have always been a little wonky. When they started going it on their own in about 1999, we ended up with the DBZ Movie 1 opening credits for the TV series. And it was the correct animation for a while, but the reason we knew it was from Movie 1 was because it had Tenka Ichigohan credits, the song, and the insert song for Movie 1 in Japanese in those credits so something was crazy for a while right this is actually something that we still kind of see today but you don't really pick up on it if you're not paying attention um i believe we talked about it on our uh, level 1.1 review right right the opening animation that they use it's the correct animation but it's not actually taken from the tv series it's taken from i want to say dragon ball z movie two or three so well, three had its own opening animation uh so they took it from that but it was a creditless version so mm-hmm. it's really kind of hard to tell but they had the movie number printed next to the dragon ball z logo right at the beginning mm-hmm. this is something that funimation's just always done it's basically not even all the time what is the proper animation but what is the best looking version that we have right i think is kind of what it comes down to and at the time especially when they first started switching over they didn't have any creditless openings that we know of or endings that toei had sent them so, so they were kind of stuck stuff. with whatever they had right Right. And then when we did get credits, they would be the wrong credits, like the Dead Zone example that I just used. So Jose is wondering about the uh, movies and TV specials. Those are actually all correct because it, it seems like 
the proper credits were just part of the film masters for those movies, for those TV specials mm-hmm. on the original four by three releases. I can't speak for like the question we had earlier about the double features. Uh, I don't know if there are English only credits on those, but the Japanese title cards and the correct credits, not just formatted in the correct way, but the names and the attributions are all the correct things in Japanese on those movies. So those are great. All right. Then on Facebook, Wesley came to us and said, if you could get anyone, who would be your ideal celebrity guest to have on the podcast? Doesn't matter if it's a major or minor celebrity. Apparently, Wesley does not care. Which Japanese voice actor has the best English? Uh, Ryu Horikawa. I think it's Horikawa. That would be my answer. And he is just awesome to talk to. And if he was on, I think all of us would be in person and we would all (laughs) go have a beer after. We would fly wherever we needed to fly and buy as many people, as many beers as we needed to, to make sure this got accomplished. Honestly, though, it would probably, for me, be Ryusei Nakao. I was going to say, I think everyone kind of has a little personal preference. Yeah, there's a fanboy preference in there. That's my fanboy answer. I think Horikawa is the real answer, just based on language. I think uh, Takeshi... Kusao would kind of have to be there if Mary were. I think so. Yeah, she'd be. Although, I mean, he does such a great young voice. (laughs) These are all old dudes now. That's true. That's what I love so much about uh, Furia, who plays Yamcha. Love his young man voice. He can still do it. He's an old looking dude now. So who's your fanboy answer? Oh, fanboy answer? Oh, gosh. I mean, naturally, I just want to say Nozawa, but I think I would almost have to go with Horikawa because I think I'd just have more fun with him and he'd be more personable. Yeah. And it's funny, we're naturally gravitating to voice actors there. Why aren't we saying Toriyama or Nakatsuru or Koyama? Anyone like that? I would want to say Toriyama. I don't think it would ever 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 happen i also don't know i mean it would be great and it'd be monumental i'm not sure we would get a good interview out of him i yeah i was gonna say i could totally see us just sitting there asking like question after question and he would just be like well i don't know what uh who's that yeah you know and it'd just be kind of like so how's your dog <laughs> Awkward. like i hear you have kids how are they <laughs> what do you want me to say yeah um i guess we we could bring it around stateside because i that might be more where wesley was actually going with it i'm not sure <laughs> uh i guess i'd have steve back on steve simmons does the translations oh yeah that's a good one i guess he he would be considered a celebrity right yeah why not we had him on it was episode 50 was it 52 back around the mm-hmm. first year anniversary of the show so if you want to hear that you can actually go back and listen to it that was a, a great interview i have no idea who i'd have on from the states it, if i were to get someone from the states it would have to be completely non-dragon ball related almost just someone that i just want to meet yeah you know what i mean mm. So it's tough. Maybe someone involved with the Viz translation, but it would be a fine line of because my, my intention wouldn't be to attack over the translation and the decisions made, but really dive into, well, why was this decided? I'm not questioning it. I'm just curious about the why. And it would be really tough to frame that in a way that doesn't come across as, well, why did you guys do this? Because actually, I think it would be this. And we've got some of those answers along the way. Jason Thompson has in other places um, answered about mm-hmm. some of those decisions so we kind of have some of those answers already i don't know that i would need to do it any more than that so that's kind of why i'm not entirely sure who else i would be curious about talking to yeah i'm gonna i'm going with steve 
Because Steve is just cool. All right, Steve and Horikawa, we're good. And and see, even if Horikawa was on, then we'd have just a natural translator if we needed. That's it. right. <laughs> well, we also do have Julian and we have Jake. I think we get enough we people who know three Japanese translators. That's right. I think we'd be set. Next one here comes from Bretty, I think it is, or maybe it was just Brett. I think it was Wesley, and then I pasted the name in, and it became Bretty. <laughs> you are now known as Bretty. <laughs> Bretty. What do you think of Akira Toriyama's two one shots, Sandland and Kawa? Uh, Heath, which have you read? I have read both of them, actually. Aha, all right. I own the Viz translations of both. Yeah, it was great. Um, Sandland debuted in their monthly Shonen Jump magazine, I think. Was it back in 2003? Did it start when it launched here? I believe so. That sounds right. I think so. I think they just did the entirety of it over there, which means I own it. It's just in a box on the other side of this dungeon-y basement here. Uh, But they also put out the Tonkobon of Kawa as well. Uh, What do you like about them? I like Sandland because it gets back toward Toriyama's nature side, I guess I'll put it. Oh, yeah. You know, I I really like the, oh my god, where's all the water? We can't survive, and all of a sudden now, oh my god, that guy has superpowers. What? Mm. It's totally awesome. If nobody's read it, I, I highly suggest it. It's it's a quick, easy read, and I think, I don't know if it's from him taking a break, but his artwork is actually really good. In Sandland, it's not. It's not as Doctor Slumpish, early Dragon Ballish, more like Kawa is. Right, but. right. It's his Boo era drawing styles, but and we talked about this with the manga review. It seemed like he was slacking a little bit in a couple places, getting some round awkward edges in yes. with the harder line styles. This is just that very clean style from around then, but a little bit of chibi stuff going on at the mm-hmm. same time. It's cool. It's cool. No, I liked it. I mean, it's one volume yeah. if you buy it, mm-hmm. and it's just nice to have. What about Kawa? Kawa also, yeah, I, I like it. You know, who doesn't like vampires, right? That's right. Because <laughs> we live in a society now that embraces the werewolf and the vampire. We live in a society. I am not part of these said people that completely embrace it, but right. it's there. You know, I could not get into Sandland for whatever reason. I need to go back and check it out. The only time that I gave it a chance was when it was uh, coming out here in the original Monthly Jumps 2003. So I read for a couple chapters and I know it just didn't grab me right away, but I think I need to go back to it. Cow, on the other hand, unfortunately don't remember it last time i read it was when viz put out the translation i remember loving it at the time um Mm -hmm. i own it in japanese that's where i first read in quotes i mean i've had that for years and years and years but you never really get into it until the viz translation and i remember loving it and had a great time with it and i'm sure it's very cheap you can find it i you love toriyama you need to check it out yeah i believe i picked them up three or four years ago something like that they were just at barnes noble for like five bucks cow was in 7.99 on amazon right now but yeah and sandland is 7.95 i mean for and cow has color less than you like color 20 bucks you can get some good stuff there all right next question comes from jesse on facebook and jesse either he or she asks have you read any of the af fan stuff is there one you think is best slash uses the mythology in the most interesting way man we reviewed toibles dragon ball af which is probably the most well-known of the fan-made af stuff way back i can say this way back now because we're on yeah, 281 this feels like yesterday we did this at desiree on well and and toibles has been released um yeah as doujinshi like you can actually go buy printed copies mm-hmm. or he's sold printed copies and by you buying them i mean you can find them on ebay, eBay for 
<laughs> crazy prices. We did that way back on episode 120. I don't even know what year that was. So you can do the math. So you can go back and check that out. I haven't kept up with it since then. And I remember saying at the time, oh yeah, I'm interested in checking out to see where this goes. And I haven't. I think I, I wanted to let more build up. Been a few years since then, I suppose yeah. I could go. You know, Check it out. Heath, how about you? Have you read Toybles? Anything else? I think I read for like the first maybe a couple months, maybe a year. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean, I wait until uh, I know Desiree has been doing a lot of scanlations for it. Jake's been translating. Right. And oh, that's right. Jake's actually while, translating. I'll go, I'll go grab him. Yeah. Yeah. Desiree gets him to do work. Imagine that. <laughs> I love how that works. I guess that's our kind of non answer there. Yeah. I mean, I know um, a second one has started. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's doing it. I really don't know anything about it, but I know it's there. If you check out so. the fan works section on the, the forum over on Taizen ChewyX, there's a thread for all the various um, bigger series that are out there. So you can check out what folks have to say. Uh, the next one here, uh, of course, I end up with this. And I think we've been told how to pronounce it. And I did it right before. Joao. Ho, ho, uh, say Joao? Let's say J Meister. Full thoughts oh, on the now it. complete Dragon Box Z collection. I guess they're referring to the Funimation release. What's missing from the Japanese release? And what did we get that wasn't in the Japanese release? Well, we've plugged this before, but Heath, you got it all broken out. I do. If you actually want to go read it, it's called My Dragon Box Isn't Perfect. Well, I guess that covers the Japanese side of things. But if you know what's on the American release, you can tell what's missing. Yeah, you can kind of figure it out. But uh, it's in our feature section. Michael throw up a link to it. You can go read it. There's quite a few things. A lot of them, to be honest, are really trivial. But oh, yeah, yeah. For the sake of completeness, had to put them down. But you know, there are a couple year-end specials that air that were seven to ten minutes long. Things like that. So nothing you're really missing. But if you're completist, it's nice to know that they're out there. And we've posted some clips so you can actually watch kind of what you're missing out on in terms of what the funimation release didn't get that was on the japanese release we're basically looking at the extras discs which includes the bardock and trunks tv right. specials and so that's umetsu keikaku exactly um the figures that came when you uh, originally bought them and most of the i don't think they po- they had any interviews from the original dragon books mm, they had all the the facts right right things like that but they didn't have interviews with um a lot of uh like kikuchi and gotcha. things like that right right a lot of the the seiyu voice actors so there's some stuff missing there but i mean overall it's it's more complete than anything five else and six are 21 dollars on amazon right now can't really ask for much more at that price so. yeah full thoughts though mike what are your full thoughts uh thank you yes i i think i just have to say amen and leave it at that it's basically what we've asked for. We got it. And hallelujah. And there's the larger conversation because now we're on to the Blu-rays. And well, we just had that mm-hmm. conversation, you and I, a couple episodes ago about the Blu-ray and reviewing. And that conversation is never going to end so long as Funimation exists and needs money to keep operating as a company. So that's where we well, are. I guess we can note uh, the last part. He does ask, what did we get that wasn't in the Japanese release? The GT preview. That's basically it, right? Yes. I was going to say, technically speaking, we can can list that because it wasn't actually included on the Z boxes. So I think that was really the only thing that we got here. (laughs) Subtitles in the dub track. Well, yeah, but is that really a complaint? So from Twitter, Joe asks us, I want to know why everyone pronounces pawn or pan differently 
on the podcast. It's clearly P-A-H-N, which I'm assuming he means pan. No, in the show. pawn. Pawn? Pawn. It's clearly pronounced pawn in the show. Well, first of all, I said it correctly. I always say it correctly. And pawn. I am not to blame here. It's everyone else. Um, I think of Jeff course, said it mostly correctly. He, You didn't hear it because he had asked prior, like, hey, how should I say this? Jeff is, and I love Jeff, but he's one of those folks where he watches the show and he's absorbed in the show. He's not paying attention. You heard he wasn't paying attention to the music and not all of the vocal deliveries. He's just following the story his first time through. It's on those multiple views that you pick up on a lot of that other stuff. So how to pronounce things... I I mean, not just that. He said, I mega, I omega, I omega. He had no idea how to pronounce that. So you can kind of get where Jeff's coming from on that. Mary, though, uh, she slipped in and out of how to pronounce it. I think that's just years of originally she said it pan just because she saw it in text Mm -hmm. and didn't know where to go from there. I think that's a great point to bring up is a lot of people that have I'm going to group us into these people. Yes, our time You've been frame. been around for a long time, say, almost before Funimation started dubbing anything. Yeah. There were scanlations online. You were maybe. reading Curtis Hoffman's episode summaries. Yes. You're reading things from text, and half the people that read it have no idea any knowledge of general Japanese at the time. I mean, we weren't in college. We hadn't taken any Japanese classes sure, or sure. anything like that. Beyond that, though, Heath, hold, hold on. Beyond that, though, a lot of the names in Dragon Ball, you don't know what the pun source is. So you don't, right. like we say, Mr. Satan. As opposed to Satan, even though that's how it's pronounced in the show, we know what the word is in our language and we adapt the pronunciation because of what the word is. We didn't necessarily know what language that was coming from. Was it part of a different word? Was it just pawn the word or was it? It was possum pans for all we knew. Exactly. So where's it coming from? So then, okay, you bring up another good point. A lot of our pronunciations that we use stem from the Japanese version and on top of that, a lot of times from the pun itself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And these have continued to change over the years as Toriyama reveals and not just Toriyama, but maybe some of the other producers as well. Oh, well, now we know what that name was supposed to be. Well, we're going to change that. Uh, One of the biggest ones that's changed for me over the years has always been the villain of DBZ Movie 3. None of us knew what the (laughs) fuck his name was. We thought it was Taurus. That's what it said in our fan subs. We didn't know any better. The ending credits were so fuzzy. It's not like I could read the Kana anyway, even if I knew how to read Kana when I was Tallest. 14 years old. So I'm going to I'm gonna pick on our buddy Mark. Okay. <laughs> if I can. Let's do that. Thank God, I, I hope to God he's listening. Mark is an educated person. He is. He's very educated. But I've heard the man mispronounce Toei so many times, I've tried to shoot myself. <laughs> I mean... And you can correct the guy as much as you want, and he will still always say Toei and Toy. whatever else he wants. So it's it's one of those things. It's it's just the nature of the beast. It's the person, however they pronounce things, it gets stuck in their head. And we all have habits that we've had for years, and that's just what you go with. Yeah. And a lot of times you see that on the show. I know we get criticized every once in a while, specifically on YouTube, that we pronounce cyan wrong. Do you want me to so, read it? Do you want me to read the comment? Okay, you can read the comment. All lowercase, of course. Dude, your accent is fucking disgusting. Who pronounces... Bo- 
See, this is the thing, because I'm going to pronounce the word correctly and then be told I'm pronouncing it wrong. So I need to pronounce this as if I'm this person. I got to get myself in this mindset. Okay. Dude, your accent is fucking disgusting. Who pronounces Budokai like Budokai? Idiot. Or saying is Saiyan. Retard. Learn proper phonetics. Uh, yeah, so, you know, we get things like that a Not lot. Not that we take YouTube whatever. comments too hard, but... <laughs> no, I don't think I ever have. Is there anything else so to say? I, I hope that someone answers your roundabout way of saying why do we suck at pronouncing things sometimes. I think that's why. All right, next question, James. Would you play a 2D sprite-based fighting game made by Arc System Works based on DBZ for a portable system? Answer to that, I say, is the sky blue? Hmm, well, it depends. What does it depend on? I don't know. Yes, Mike, the sky is blue, and I would play that. Does that answer your question? It does. I, I like those questions. Those are easy. Those are easy ones. All right, uh, man, that's the last on the outline. I'm going to turn it over to any last-minute things coming in through Twitter. Uh, Jake, a different Jake, asks us, in-universe debate question, who would win in a fight? God damn it. <laughs> Why don't I vet these before I start speaking? Luffy or Goku at the end of the Dragon Ball anime? Well, Luffy from when? Oh, bitch and slap. <laughs> uh, I can't answer the question because I don't have clarification. Maybe if it were an eating contest, I don't know. They might both tie. It's close. I don't know. I don't have an answer to that either. I need more context. All right. Uh, I'm just going to keep reading here. Randy asks us, if you were to have one character make a larger contribution to a fight or plot, who would it be? Frieza Soldier A. Heath, your answer, please, sir. Seriously? <laughs> Come on. It's expected. I got to deliver. Okay. Okay. Um, I really, I, I would say I'm pulling this out of thin air. Uh, whatever the name of Goku fusing with Mr. Satan would be, that's who I think. Kotan. There you go. My real answer would be lunch, but uh, yeah. Frieza Soldier A yeah. and or lunch, perhaps as a dynamic duo running off to rob the galaxy. Or Pearly Lin. <laughs> Could answer as well. You gotta go with the Fuse characters, you know? They get no respect. All right, the last one we're gonna do here before we call it a show. Kuhan wants to know, if you have to be pure to ride Kintone and pure to turn Super Saiyan, does that mean all Super Saiyans can ride Kintone? Uh, I think semantics here. Yes. Let's see. Let's let's venture back to Vegeta. He is pure, but not of loving puppies. More <laughs> of, like, killing puppies. So, I would say... Vegeta can not ride Kinto. What you're saying is Kinto is a fan of puppies. I would say so. I mean, who is not? I mean, if Kinto met Bay, I was just like, gonna ask that. Begs the question. <laughs> Bay Kinto puppy babies. It it would be so adorable. They'd be like half puppy, half Kinto cloud. You know. I both love and hate that you went the exact same place I was going with that. We spend way too much time talking. We do. I think we're going to wrap it up here. Forget releases. We're past any relevant releases. What was coming out? What's the date today? We're already past. December 9th. Uh, level 1.2 is coming out. If you're interested, yep. you, you already have it pre-ordered. So we're just going to call it If you can wait until March, you can buy a shitload of more stuff. That's right. That's right. Just hold out for that. Folks, you want to ask us questions. Hopefully we covered <laughs> a good amount to keep you busy for a while podcast at dizex.com p-o-d-c-a-s-t at d-a-i-z-e-x.com you can find us on twitter at d-a-i-z-e-x at dizex and on facebook facebook.com slash dizex very easy to find us to interact with us great 
easy, breezy, good times. That's going to wrap up the show, sir. I think it is. How about Constantine? Tell me about that uh, item dictionary. Oh, yeah. We have uh, this catalog thing that went up. You can totally buy stuff from it. But you can find myself and Jake, who is often on the podcast, talking ridiculous fun facts at www.kanzentai.com. And coincidentally, I was looking at our Google Analytics this morning. Uh-huh. Number one search result to find our website, Constantai. It's amazing. <laughs> That's how it's it is with IPX find as well. these things. It's just how it works. Um, but anyway, we just recently posted up the translation, our translation, of the Dicentu 7 item dictionary. We already have a racial dictionary up and a special attacks dictionary, so you can go check those out. Daisenshu 7, of course, is the giant dictionary of almost everything Dragon Ball all compiled into one. It is the thickest of all the Daisenshu, and you can take that any way you want. And we're translating it, and it's going up. And so we just posted that. I know Jake's been working on it for a while. It took me a while to get all the images pulled together. Because the Daisenshu is lovely, and when it's an anime-only item or attack or whatever, it does not tell you where it is. So I have to go find <laughs> it. Surgeon. And when it's something completely random, like Kame Senen's cooking, good God, <laughs> that took me a week to find that episode. Oh, man. What did you do? Did you just... one five-minute shot of Kame Senen making a pot of something for lunch. How'd you do that? Did you sit and fast forward or did you read episode summaries? I went through and I basically tried to pick out where would this be? Yeah. And then I started flipping through those episodes yeah. and that's about that's it. That's how I do it I too. Yeah, man. So anyway, that's up. Um, we have two or three other projects we are working on currently, and they will be up sometime. So All right. I have one project that I am and super super excited to get up and get done and for everyone to read and nitpick and tell me that i am completely wrong so i can't wait until that goes up but i won't tell you what it is you're just a giant cocktease yeah i am so anyway you can check us out there and and mike you can steal all of our shit at some point. <laughs> what what to talk about on the show yeah i guess all right excellent cool uh, the website, sir. Uh, again, www.kanzentai.com. That's Constantai.com. You can also find us on the Twitters, where all the cool kids are, at Constantai underscore C-O-M. We like to post stuff on Twitter sometimes that don't end up on the website, so be sure to follow us there, or at least check us out. Cool. As for Daizen Shui X, uh, I started putting some attention back to that level point, level point, level, just level point one. <laughs> it's not a full one. Well, it's not even... <laughs> That's where the wow. review is right now. It's at version point one. No, it's like point five right now. I think we're on the same page. I think mine's about halfway done, and I just kind of hit the wall. I haven't touched it. It's tough. I mean, what do you say about it? And the jump to Blu-ray makes the technical discussions just a whole new level. And mm -hmm. I don't. Oh, see, I see what you did there. <laughs> I just don't know that I have it in me to talk about Raditz again. Yeah. But anyway, it, it's definitely coming. I mean, you've got the podcast episode. We talked about it. You can listen in on that. It's good. Get it if you want it. It's basically where we fall at this point. So you can look forward to that. I know people do look forward to it. The traffic on the review section is crazy. I don't know why people are reading the Tenkaichi Tag Team review so much. I, I guess... Because it's the best game ever. That, that just fell through the cracks for people and they want to know 
know if it's worth coming back to find, but I guess I'm glad I wrote a review for that game. And then I'm like, oh, I got to write a review for Ultimate Tekkeichi at some point, don't I? I didn't even start that. Yep. I have not played it since the last time I talked about it on the show. That's my review done and done so i got review stuff coming i got some other stuff coming as well and of course we continue to collaborate on all sorts of things so www.daizex.com we'll have lots of more things to talk about together in the future i always look forward to those all right so heath thank you sir it's been a pleasure talking with you for an hour and a half pretty much about nothing yes well you know we answered the folks questions that's what they wanted so we give to the people that's right uh man what to look forward to uh can't guarantee gt review of awesomeness number two in december but we will be doing episodes six seven eight nine ten episodes six through ten be ready with those five episodes if you want to follow along you can of course look forward to our big year in review we'll cover january through december all the big news stories from 2011 check out our predictions from last year what do we think was going to happen this year and we'll give our predictions for 2012 always a good time uh, and we're just going to cruise to the end of the year at this point so heath again thank you sir thanks for having me mike no problem so for you and your buddy jake over at constantine for mary and julian and all the other fine folks you can find it dies and X and the extended lovely community my name is mike vg2ex check you next week folks later okay.